From Boise to Middleton, the 5A and 4A Southern Idaho Conferences feature 20 of the largest schools in Idaho. Highlighting the big plays and big stories from Idaho's biggest schools, this is the SIC PrepCast with Wayne DeZubak. That's right. It's another edition of the SIC PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. I'm Brandon Bainey. He's Wayne DeZubak. Wayne, what's going on? Not a whole lot, man. I just kind of... Thinking about the fact that the football season's almost over, we're down to semifinal time, and how quickly it really went. I mean, it's just like you wait, you wait, you wait in August, you know, and you get all excited about ready to go kickoff, and then the next thing you know, you're talking about cold weather, you're talking about semifinals, and you're going, "Wow, what just happened?" So, but still, it's exciting, and I'm glad that we've got you know the semifinals coming up. Four A kind of a washout, five A football, you know, still got some stuff that we can talk about here from the five A SIC. But uh, first, I think you want to start in the pool. Forget football. We want to jump into the pool on today's podcast. That's right. We're, we're going to talk about state swimming, which took place in Boise last week uh, for the 5A and 4A competitions. That's all there is. So if you're smaller than a 4A, you got to compete with the you're big sunk. boys. You're <laughs> <laughs> right. Literally. So uh, before we dive into the swimming, want to let everybody know that the SIC PrepCast is brought to you by D.L. Mm-hmm. Evans Bank. This is Community Banking. You can get this podcast a couple of different ways. You can get it audio only at our website, idahosports.com, along with wherever you download your podcasts. Or if you want to see uh, what we're looking like uh, on a Tuesday afternoon in November, you can just go with audio. (laughs) I highly recommend sticking with the audio, but if you want to see the video, you certainly can. It's at the idahosports.com YouTube channel, as well as our Facebook page. All right, Wayne, let's start with the, the 5A boys. Uh, swimming competition where uh, Boise romped to the title 256 points. Timberline was second at 174. Lake City a distant third at 154. You know, we talked about it in almost every sport except football. Boise High just seems to compete really well. You know, and, and that is the query. Why is football different? Because whether it be soccer, basketball, swimming, whatever the case may be, you know, Boise is very good cross country. Uh, you go on and on and on. I don't want to leave anybody out. But, yeah, you're right. Boise just has it uh, all the way across the board. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, they're going to get it straightened out in football. I really do. But uh, Mike Altieri, I think, is going to do a good job there. But, you know, for right now, uh, you know, they're on the outside looking in. And for Boise, the main swimmers who really showed up were Ben Stuckey, Tyler Quarterman, and Milo Shu. So Ben Stuckey won the 200-yard IM and the 100-yard backstroke. He uh, actually trailed after the preliminary round in the, in the backstroke to uh, Ethan Grimes from Idaho Falls, but he surpassed Grimes in the final to win that. So two individual uh, titles for Ben Stuckey. Tyler Quarterman won the 100-yard butterfly, and Milo Shu won the 100-yard freestyle. And then those three teamed up along with Connor Pensner to win the 200-yard medley relay. And then the same three, Stuckey, Quarterman, and Shu teamed up with Evan Jordan to win the 400-yard uh, freestyle relay. So uh, those three swimmers really cleaning up, Wayne, and all of a sudden you can understand how Boise ran away with the title. Well, they only ran away with it, but they're the defending champs too. So they, they were able to defend their crown. So that's great, great news for them. And like you say, you get two or three swimmers at this level, and then when they get on the relay teams, they get the individual awards going on, and, and they can be, you know, uh, double, triple, and quadruple winners in a, in a given meet. Yeah, kind of like the Olympics where uh, yeah, you can really exactly. pile up those 
those medals. Uh, for Timberline, you know, they took second place. Their 200-yard freestyle relay uh, team won state. Cal and Tolman, Alec Ott, Adam Pites, and Max Wolf. And then Max Wolf added a, an individual mm-hmm. title in the 100-yard breaststroke. And then uh, we had a state champion from Centennial as well on the boys' side. Tarungwa Tardzer won the 50-yard freestyle. So uh, congrats to all of the individuals and, of course, the Boise boys who won the 5A swim title. If we switch over to the girls' side, Lake City won the title from up north with two, 230.5 points. This one was much closer. Boise took second, uh, only nine points behind exactly. the 221.5. Yeah, and Boise, again, the defending champs. So there you go. Uh, to our point about how good Boise is all the way across the board. Yeah, they were uh, they were the defending champs. They lost to Lake City by just nine points. But, you know, I tell you what, they had a couple of uh, good winners uh, in the pool for Boise. They did. And uh, Skyview took third at 179.5. Uh, Kayla Wachowski, mm-hmm. double champ in the 200-yard yeah, free and the, and the 500-yard free. Uh, their 200-yard freestyle relay set a new state record, Wayne. Uh, that's Ella Bureau, Sophia Schuler, Aubrey Bureau, and Kayla Wachowski on the anchor uh, portion of that relay team. Now, in the prelims, Lake City had the best time, a minute 42-41. Boise had a minute 42-73. But then in the finals, the Brave not only surpassed Lake City, but set a new state record with a time of 1 minute 40.03 seconds. So congratulations to that uh, 200-yard free relay team. Yeah, they had it done. And I mean, Wiskowski, as you talked about, with the double win individually and then going on and helping the relay teams out. Again, that same scenario pointing out you get two, three, four swimmers that really can get her done. And boy, I tell you what, they'll take you right to the wire every time. And Skyview also did really well. They took third place. We talked about uh, Brianna Ruark won the 100-yard butterfly, set a new state record with a time Mm -hmm. of 56-72. So congratulations there. Nicole Dumitrascu won the 100-yard backstroke. And then those two teamed up with Sadie Schaefer and Annalie Schaefer to also win the 200-yard medley relay. So Skyview did really well also. They did. And don't forget Timberline's Jillian Moses. She was a double winner as well. She won the 200 uh, I am, and she won the 100-yard breaststroke. So, you know, Timberline didn't win it, but uh, good job by Jillian Moses is a double victory. Yes, that's very exciting to see. And then uh, the final winner from the 5A girls' side was uh, Ansley Pittard of Rocky Mountain. She took first place in the 50-yard free. On the boys' side, we talk about how, uh, or on the 4A side, we talk about how Boise is always so good in the 5A ranks. Well, boy, Bishop Kelly just seems to be good in everything at 4A, including boys swimming. They win the title with 179 points. Well, they not only won the title in 4A, but I'm going to give it away. They won the 4A girls' title as well. So, I mean, they just took it all. But let's stick with the boys right now. You're right. I mean, they defeated Moscow by 17 points and uh, just get the job done. I mean, uh, Shay Stratton, he's one of the guys that uh, really got the job done there. He won the 100-meter backstroke. He also, you know, was on the BKs, a couple of winning medley teams and relay teams. And so, again, that same thing that we've talked about where you get one of their best swimmers, and in this case, Stratton, just getting the job done on all kinds of levels. Yeah, that 200-yard medley relay was uh, Stratton, Jake Martinez, Cameron Shower, and Ryan Goodmastad. And then the 400-yard freestyle relay also won first place. Stratton, Goodmastad, Joseph Hormachea, and Martinez swimming anchor there. And that was, again, where uh, in the prelims, they actually finished second to Middleton. And then when the finals came around for that 400-yard freestyle uh, relay, mm-hmm. uh, BK surged ahead and took first and set a new state record with a time of one minute, 42.19 seconds. There was a lot of state records set uh, this year at State Wayne. 
Oh, they were just sandbagging on the prelims. That's what they were doing, just sandbagging all the way. And they just knew when the finals came, they would turn it on, and they did. Yeah, and then um, Middleton was also uh, well-represented. Reed Johnson won the 100-yard butterfly, and Micah Walbrecht won the 100-yard breaststroke. And then if we switch over to the 4A girls, you talked about it. Uh, Bishop Kelly ran away with the title, 224.5 points. Yeah, over Sandpoint. I mean, they just got her done. And uh, so a good job there. And they had a couple of double winners there as well. So again, you know, multiple uh, uh, Lucy Penna, a double winner there. Actually, she won four because she was on a couple of relay teams and Emma Conger as well. A couple of wins individually and a couple of wins on relay teams. So you're talking about four gold medals for those two gals. That's uh, eight medals in all that they they accounted for. So pretty good, pretty good weekend for them. Yeah, Lucy Penna, the fifty yard free, the five hundred yard free. She yeah. set a new st- uh, state record in the five hundred yard free, five minutes nineteen point six three seconds. Uh, Emma Conger won the one hundred yard butterfly in the one hundred backstroke. Gabriella Stanton won the two hundred IM. Grace Gunther won the one hundred yard breaststroke, and then those four. Lucy Penna, Grace Gunther, Emma Conger, Gabriella Stanton all did the, the medleys as well, as you talked about. So You know what blows me away, Brandon, is that um, you get the 500 free and the 500-yard free. Now, when I was a young media you know, kid in Omaha, Nebraska, doing TV there on, on KETV, we had a media meet, and we had to do the 50-yard freestyle. And I said, piece of cake, I can do this. And literally almost round to my second 25 yards coming back. I mean, you know, boy, I tell you what, swimming is one of the hardest sports. I mean, it takes it out of you. And if you try to go all out 110% swim for 50 yards, you may not think it's much, but you are going to be one exhausted Jose. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. You know, I can swim, um, but let's just say if it was uh, in a survival situation, I wouldn't be able to last more than a couple hours. Oh, no, it was me or the shark. The shark's going to be fed well. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, speaking of sharks, let's move out of the pool and onto the football field. Before we do that, though, uh, let's hear from our sponsors from DL Evans Bank, and then we'll come back and, and recap which sharks are still circling the waters in the football ranks. As uh, with Wayne DeZue back, I'm Brandon Bainey. We'll be back in just a moment. It's the SIC PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Wherever you are, DL Evans Bank is right there to help. From applying for loans to opening new accounts and signing documents, personalized service is just a video call away. This is Bank Live with DL Evans Bank. This is Community Banking. Back on the SIC PrepCast, IdahoSports.com. Brandon Bainey with Wayne DeZue back. And going into the, uh, the, the quarterfinal round of football last week, I think we all thought that, yeah, there's probably going to be two SIC teams at least uh, representing the 5A level in the semifinals. I think a lot of people thought it was probably going to be Mountain View and Rocky Mountain. Instead, we've got Meridian and Eagle. What a what a wild quarterfinal night. I'm going to tell you this. I didn't say it last week real loud, but I was thinking it real loud. Meridian, I think, is the best football team in the state right now in 5A. They are healthy. They weren't healthy all year long. They had Malachi Martinez was out most of the year. His frosh, freshman brother, Zeke, did most of the, the job and filling his spot. But boy, I'll tell you what, uh, now that they're full strength, Davis Thacker, wide receiver, is back. He was out for that Eagle game. They lost by one point. Meridian has lost three games this year by a total of five points. They lost by one to Mountain View, one to Eagle, and three to Rocky Mountain, 24-21. Now that they're healthy, 
They are big on defense. They are big at wide receiver. They've got a great quarterback in Malachi Martinez. They are something else again. And I mean, wow, they are something else. I, I tell you what, I think they're the best team in 5A football right now. They forced Mountain View into six turnovers in that 35 to six win. This wasn't even close, Brandon. Wasn't even close. And, and it was so strange because Mountain View was a team that coming in really prided themselves on taking care of the football. I think they'd only turned it over three or four times all year going into this game. And then it just, it, it was like the floodgates opened. Well, I told you a long time ago, Meridian thought they won that game way back in August. Okay. They thought that field goal was good. It wasn't. They lost their quarterback the series before the final series that led to the field goal attempt. Okay, so Malachi Martinez was out. They were so ready to take on Mountain View and get back at them that they came out and nothing was going to stop them. And they were on a roll and they just played well in every phase of the game. They didn't. I mean, they had everybody involved. They had several different players that kind of in one way or other scored a touchdown either throwing a touchdown pass or actually running in for a touchdown or catching a touchdown pass. I mean, at one point they had Malachi Martinez pitch it over to his brother, Zeke, who threw to Quinton Riley for a touchdown. I'm like, holy cow. I mean, everybody's getting involved here. Yes. Davis Thacker caught a touchdown. Riley caught a touchdown. Cross Antonacci ran in a score. Yeah. Both Mart. I, I told you that I wanted to keep an eye out to see if they started having some packages with both Martinez brothers, Malachi and Zeke, in the same formation because they both played quarterback this year. It sounds yeah. like that's what happened. That was one play. They did one play where they had both Zeke and Malachi in there, and yeah, turned into a touchdown to Quentin Riley. And it was right on the money. The uh, Riley was pretty well defended by the Mountain View defender, but it was right on the money. It was where nobody else, as they say in football, nobody else could catch it but Quentin Riley. And so now for Mountain View, their season ends with a 9-1 and one record. We talked about it, Wayne. A lot of coaches will tell you that, you know, I'd almost rather lose one in the regular season because you can you can learn a lot from a loss, but when you keep on winning, uh, the pressure gets bigger, right? I, I, I agree. And they beat Rocky Mountain twice, and they made a big deal out of that. Never in the history of these schools have they been able to beat each other twice in one season. They did it. They were rah-rah, hey-hey, we got her made. They had two weeks off, and they came out. And that two weeks, they were still asleep. I mean, there, there was nothing there. But it was more than being asleep. I think they came to play. I really do. I just think Meridian has become that good. And like I say, three losses this year by a total of five points. A lot, In a lot of ways, they could be an undefeated Meridian Warrior team. Yeah, it's almost like the uh, the Major League Baseball postseason, right? The best team in the regular season very rarely is the team that's holding up the trophy at the end. It's all about getting hot at the right time, right? Absolutely, and playing well. I mean, I've been on teams that have played, you know, ah, we're okay at the beginning of the year, and then all of a sudden, you know, towards the end of the year, you're like, nobody can touch you. Why? What happened? The same players. It's just the chemistry has come together. Everything has fallen together. You feel good about what's going on. And if there's something that the positivity in your brain goes – yeah, we're going to win this game, no question. Yeah, so let's go ahead and take a look at this bracket here. And again, if you're watching the video on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel or Facebook page, you'll be able to see the bracket when we put it up on the screen. If you're just listening to the audio only, that's fine. Just go to our website, IdahoSports.com. We've got all the brackets there on the homepage. You can follow along that way. So as we take or a look at this. Or they can just pretend they'll see it in their brain. Do you see what I'm saying? You can pretend you see it. You're right. Yeah, you can you can visualize it as well, right? Exactly. Use your imagination. Visualize. That's what a golfer does. They visualize the shot. <laughs> That's right. I mean, we're getting down to it now where the, there's only two matchups left, so it's pretty easy to visualize. So, yeah, so uh, Meridian <laughs> advances with that 
35 to six win, Wayne. Uh, they have not been this far in the playoffs. The Warriors haven't since 2007. Uh, by the way, they won the title that year. So here's my question. Now they get to host Rigby. I'll tell you, the Rigby fans, because uh, I live in eastern Idaho, Wayne, the Rigby fans are a little sore at that, that they have to go travel to Meridian. But I'm sorry, that's just the way the bracket goes. This is a rule that everyone agrees upon at the start of the year and whatever. Will Meridian continue this run against Rigby? This, I think, to a lot of people, might be the two best teams still at it. I, I agree. One of the things that I saw, though, that Capital did to Rigby is that Capital didn't score against Rigby, but they moved the football in every other fashion, up and down, up and down, up and down. They moved it. Meridian is a much better offensive team by far than what Capital is. So I think Meridian can move the ball on Rigby, uh, and they've got a lot of weapons to do it with. I mean, I've talked about this before. I don't want to sound like I'm just the Meridian rah-rah guy, but when you sit there and you have – Receivers that are 6'6", 6'4", 6'3", 6'3". That's four receivers, 6'3", or better. And you got a quarterback that can get it to him. And if he can't get it to him, they'll go to his freshman brother who can. And they got Cross Antonacci who can run the ball. And they're doing well with some backup runners as well. So, I mean, they have got a lot of weapons. And on defense, they're huge. They've got huge people on defense. So, yeah, I think uh, Meridian can beat Rigby. I really do. Rigby, I think this year has gotten out to some big leads and then they've kind of just shut it down and coasted. They're not going to be able to coast in this game. For example, Zeke Falavai, Rigby's running back, mm -hmm. you know, he had 11 carries for over 100 yards, uh, which is over 10 yards a carry, but, but he only carried it 11 times, right? There's yeah. going to be a game where he's going to have to carry it more than that. And for Rigby, we talked about how the schools in, in the SIC don't travel ever, right? The, the furthest right. game is 20 minutes of Boise traffic. Sure. Well, the same thing can be said of Rigby. You know, they really haven't traveled anywhere this year. The furthest trip that they've taken was to Holt Arena to, to play Skyline in a neutral site game. So really, they haven't traveled much this year. This will be the first true road trip of the year for Rigby. And I think that does tilt it a little bit in Meridian's way. Yeah, it does. I mean, I, I, I agree that Meridian's you know, going to be at home. Uh, the question is, you mentioned it, 2007. So two weeks ago was Meridian's first win, uh, playoff win, in 14 years. So their first win. So they back it up with a win against Mountain View, repay the whole bit. You know, now they've got to really find out what they're made of. And I think Rigby will test them to the hilt. Uh, no question about that. But I think Meridian's going to come out of it with a victory. I really do feel like they're playing their best ball right now. And like I say, I think they're the best team in 5A football right now. Yeah, certainly playing the best football for sure. Uh, so, yeah, so Rigby advances. They defeat Capital 41-14. to 14, But you talked about it, Wayne, a couple of times. Capital, I mean, Capital ran over 90 plays against yeah. Rigby. They just couldn't cash in. Well, they had uh, Max Clark through for 236 yards, and Jacob Olson ran for 111. If you tell me that Clark was going to throw for 236 and they had a running back over 100 yards rushing, I would have said they're going to win that game. I certainly, and if I if they didn't win the game, you know, it wasn't because they didn't score a lot of points. I would have never thought they would have got with that kind of yardage only 14 points in a ball game, but they couldn't put it in the end zone. And and that's kudos to Rigby, you know, kudos to Rigby to keep them out of the end zone. 
Yeah, and then, uh, of course, uh, this was the final game for a longtime Capitol head coach, Todd Simmis. Yep. Uh, obviously not the storybook ending, but only one team can end their season that way. So No, and 18 years for Todd Simmons, and I just want to say what a great guy. Anytime I needed anything, I mean, I would email him, and within five minutes I had an email response. Uh, great coach, great guy, uh, easy to work with, a lot of fun, did a great job, and spent 18 years turning some of these young men into uh you know great citizens here in the treasure valley and beyond yeah certainly so it, it's uh tough to see him go and we'll we'll be excited to see maybe who who carries capital into the next phase of their program so let's pull up that bracket again and let's get to the bottom half eagle i i will admit wayne i did not think eagle could go up to Coeur d'Alene and knock off the Vikings, not because they're not good, but because Coeur d'Alene has such a distinct home field advantage being all the way up north. But I'll tell you, Eagle made some plays in the fourth quarter and pulled it out 23-14. to 14. What a win for the Mustangs. They really did it. They did it without one of their top running backs, their starting running back, and said it was out of this game. Uh, he got hurt the game before that uh, I did and uh, against Bora. But the bottom line is that, that you're right. I, I was surprised. I did not think Eagle would go up there and win that game. And now they, for winning that game, they get the host, the Highland Rams. So it's going to be interesting. And uh, uh, so, like I say, Eagle Jack Benson is doing a great job at quarterback. Jack Benson will not put up all the numbers in the world. You won't see him put up four or 500 yards of offense or anything like that. But Jack Benson will run the offense in an effective way that he distributes the ball to everybody and they get the victory. I mean, he makes it happen. He's the, the trigger guy and he makes it happen. Yeah, no Deegan Martino, as you mentioned. And really, yeah. if you think about it for Eagle, their their best overall player hasn't played since the first quarter of the first game, Ethan Makita. And they've they've been able to adapt without him as well. Yeah, he got hurt, I mean, right off the get-go. You know, like you said, right off the first quarter, he scored a touchdown and got hurt like uh, a series later. And so he hasn't been there. He's at every game. He walks around. You can see him in, all you know, dressed down, but uh, the guy hasn't been there. But Eagles uh, overcome a lot. And with Deegan Martino now out, and I don't know what his status is for Friday night. I don't know if he's going to be here or not, but he wasn't up in Coeur d'Alene. And I am. It was a shocker. It was a shocker that they beat Coeur d'Alene up there. Yeah, this game really swung. It was in the fourth quarter. Eagle was holding on to a 16-14 to lead. Coeur d'Alene was lining up for a field goal to take the lead. Eagle blocked the kick, and then uh, on the they get the ball back in like two plays later. Benson goes up top to Ian Duarte for a 72-yard touchdown. They went for the jugular and got it. And so uh, on the North Idaho prep cast, our District 1 prep cast that, that I – uh, do with Ryan Skaggs each week. Mm -hmm. I told him I because uh, he obviously knows the Coeur d'Alene program well. And I said, you got to watch out for this Duarte kid. He he's <laughs> fast. I said, you you think you know how fast he is, but then the game speed is even faster than what you see on film. And he said, oh, that's our that's Coeur d'Alene's strength is the secondary. We got this on lockdown. Well, Duarte eight catches. 168 yards in a touchdown, so evidently not. <laughs> yeah, I've seen too much of Ian Duarte all year long to know that you don't have it on lockdown when he's on offense. I mean, I mean, you can be good, but boy, I tell you what, you better be darn good to lock him down. And once in a while, he's going to beat you, and he's got the speed to do it. So Eagle, a very quiet nine and two overall. Oh yeah, very good season. So. They're into the semifinals. They will also get to host a team from East Idaho that's a little sore about having to travel. But again, this is all set up ahead of time. It's not anything that should have been a surprise. So Highland for the second week in a row, they may as well have just stayed over there in the Treasure Valley. Uh, they go to Rocky Mountain. 
and uh, pull, pull off a, a game that I, I'll admit I predicted, not because I didn't think Rocky was good. It's just hard to beat the same team twice in a year. And Highland wins 22-21, to 21, knocking out the Grizzlies. Yeah, and I've seen Highland do that before. I did a game last year where that, that kind of happened. So I know Highland's good. I've got a lot of respect for them. As you know, going to Idaho State, being around that area, I grew up watching Highland football and grew up Pocatello football. I know how good it is. And the same thing, you know, with Rigby and those guys. Although Rigby wasn't that good when I was back there because I was turn-of-the-century type stuff. But, uh, you know, they're good teams. So I knew they would come in here. But little did I think that they would do it with the field goal. And that's kind of how they did it. Ian Hershey, a 58-yarder, which didn't win it. He had a 45-yarder that won it, but a 58-yarder that set a state record. How about that? Yeah, so uh, I'm glad that the fans uh, in the Treasure Valley got to see what uh, the people in East Idaho have known for. Ian Hershey's been kicking basically since his sophomore year at Highland, and he's always been pushing the boundaries of you know those 50-yard type field goals. And so uh, it, it was incredible to see Highland make this big comeback down 21 to three. And for Rocky Mountain, you know, a big problem they had this year was consistency on offense. And that's that's really, I think, what did him in this game with a 21 to three lead. And they're not able to close it out. No, I agree. And, and you know, I was going to be a little flipping here a minute ago. I was going to say about Ian Hershey. He did it in the dome. He's kicking <laughs> in the dome. You know, that that's what you hear. But I'll tell you what, the wind was really whipping on Friday night when I was doing the, the Mountain View Meridian game. You could hear it in the mic. It was just whipping. I think it was getting up to 20, 25 miles an hour coming in there. Now, Hershey, I think in the third quarter when he kicked his 58-yarder, kicked it with the wind. So that, I think, helped him out there. But when he kicked this 45-yarder, because I saw this on video afterwards, it was with against the wind. So he really, you know, obviously he's got a leg because to kick a 45-yarder against the wind like that. And it came with, you know, it's like a game winner, I say, but it came with three, what, 325 left to go in the four, fourth quarter. Going to put him up ahead 22-21. They had to hold on, you know, to win it. But it's still a game winner, technically. Yep, uh, certainly was. Uh, you know, I always tell people uh, that talk about Holt Arena and, oh, yeah, they're kicking indoors. Of course, the kickers are going to look great. I tell them, well, you know, the goalposts come down from the roof. They there's do. No, there, there's no post. So they have no roots. Yeah, it's just the crossbar suspended in air. So, th so they can't take those things down. They are stuck there. And, of course, at the college level, the goalposts are closer together. So it's yeah. a it's a it's a narrower distance they have to get through. So I think that offsets it a little bit. Well, but what I was saying about Ian Hershey with the wind, with everything that was going on, uh, I was teasing about Holt Arena. Mm -hmm. I right. mean, because he proved that his leg is as strong as anybody's state record. Congratulations, that's super. And you know, big win for Highland. And I know Highland and Rigby are upset that they've got to come over to the Treasure Valley and play these teams. But as you said, the brackets were set a long time ago, and that's kind of how the season shook out. And you just got to do it. I mean, I have seen so many times that a Rocky Mountain team that I thought was deserving of not having to travel east has had to do it. So it all comes back. I mean, it's, you know, it all plays out in the long run. It's like flipping a coin. If you flip it enough, it's going to come up 50-50. That's right. And for Highland, you know, if the choice is between traveling to Eagle or or having to go to Coeur d'Alene, hey, I'll, I'll take the trip to Eagle. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and it'll be good weather here from what I understand. It's supposed to rain a little bit Thursday, but Friday's not supposed to be too bad. Uh, so it should be great weather. And uh, both games will be played on artificial services. So, you know, the, it should be perfect. Okay. So what do you think? You think, uh, what do you think of this Eagle-Highland matchup? You know what? I, I still like Highland in it, but uh, I 
I liked Meridian when Meridian played Eagle, and I picked Meridian to win that game, and Eagle won it. Meridian was down, or Eagle was down in the first half, came back and won it by one point. So, I mean, I'm going to I'm gonna stick with Meridian to beat Rigby, and I'm going to think Highland will beat Eagle. That's kind of my pick. You know, I agree with you 100%, Wayne. It's not often we see eye to eye, so. Wow, that's funny. What happened there? <laughs> yeah, first first time for everything, right? Yeah, it must be must be mid-November or something. Uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely getting into the weird part of the season. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right, let's quickly touch on the 4A ranks. Uh, the, the SIC is done uh, in the quarterfinal round as Nampa and Bishop Kelly and Valley View all fall. Um, the closest game was Bishop Kelly and Pocatello. That was the game everybody kind of had circled. BK got out to a big lead, and in the second half, it was like a totally different team took the field. This was the game that I was at, Wayne. And yeah. so uh, in the second half, Pocatello started hitting some big pass plays. Bishop Kelly got behind and basically was forced to become one-dimensional. And Bishop Kelly, as is the case this season and really in years past as well, when they have to throw the ball, they're not consistent at it. You know, they're so good at running the football, but when they have to make a play in the passing game, it wasn't there. And that's ultimately what cost them. Yeah, I, I agree. I am, I, I'll say on all three games that involve four ASIC teams, I was, uh, how do you say I was uh, not shocked at all, not really surprised, but a little bit like, Hmm, I thought one of them would win. You know, I, I really did. I thought Pocatello was pretty good. I thought maybe BK might pull that one off. I thought maybe Napa would upset Blackfoot. I mean, both teams are six and five on the year, you know, so nothing fantastic there. And I thought it would happen, but Napa didn't get her done. 28 to 14, they lost. And uh, yet they rushed for 236 yards total, you know, unbelievable. But, but Napa had four, count them, four turnovers. TOs will get you every time. They kind of had the same affliction that Capital had. A lot of drives that came up empty. Um, and they were both playing in East Idaho. I don't know. Maybe it was something with the weather over there. Yeah. Uh, the, I'll tell you, the team I was most impressed by was Valley View because I also did that game uh, Saturday night in Holt Arena when Valley View played Skyline. And for a team that didn't have their quarterback, Casey Cope, all-conference quarterback from last year, has been out for you know half the season at least. Yeah. It, they had to move Santi Diaz from running back to quarterback. I thought he played tremendously well. Valley View ran the ball well. And Skyline, I'm still convinced they're in the semifinals. I'm not sure. I mean, their path there was was easy, I think. And if they don't turn it around pretty quick here, I think they're going to get run out of the building by Pocatello on Friday night because Valley View had every chance to win that game. A key turnover in the third quarter, a, a fumble inside their own 20-yard line, basically allowed Skyline to score the go-ahead touchdown yeah here we are on the same page again i agree i think pocatello is going to be skyline i really do and i i don't know much about them but what i've seen what we've talked about you being over in eastern idaho me being over here we kind of jibber jabbered about everything and so i think uh yeah i like what pocatello has right now i think they're doing a good job but uh valley view yeah you got santa diaz you got to hand it to him because he did step in did it the job just ask minico what he did to him, you know? So yeah, he's done a great job and Valley View's got to get out of there and say, Hey, we had a six and five season, but we got to feel pretty good about it. We did. We did well. I always uh, go, go talk to the coaches before the game and run, run through the roster and make sure I say all the players names correctly. Right. That's a big thing you want to do when you're a broadcaster. And as I'm going through the roster for Valley View, Oh, he's out. He's not playing. He's out with an injury. He's not playing. By the time I got done running down the roster, there was like eight or nine guys for Valley View that were not 
suited up and playing because of injury. They basically had 11 guys going both ways. And it's been that way for a couple of weeks. So I was very impressed with Valley View. They were just running on fumes at this point, though. Yeah, people forget. You know, I mean, I do a lot of Boise State stuff. And right now, Boise State is as healthy as they've been all year long. It's just flip-flop of what it should be. You know, usually you're healthy to start the season and not so good in November. You know, the Broncos have done just the opposite. They were real kind of weak in a few spots early on. And now they're they're healthy and it's starting to show with some big wins. But Bottom line is Valley View was a typical football team all beat up by the time it came down to game 11 and it finally got caught up with them. Yep. Uh, so speaking of Boise State, you're going to be uh, doing the double dip on Friday night, right? You got Boise State and high school football Friday sports.com. Yeah, Boise State hosts Wyoming Friday night and I do the pregame show and I'm going to take a right up till six o'clock before I hand it over to the broadcast team in the booth. But at six o'clock, I get in my car and I pedal all the way out to Eagle, which if there's no traffic, you know, I can make it about 25 minutes. So I should be able to get there uh, by about 635, 640. And I join Clay Hatfield to do uh, that Eagle game against Highland. So that'll be fun. And then I turn it around on Saturday and I head over to Homedale, which is about an hour drive from where I am right now. And I go out there and do Homedale against Sugar Salem in a 3A semifinal game, which if I've got my facts right, they have played three years in a row for the state championship. All three years, Sugar Salem, the Diggers won it. And now they're playing for the fourth year in a row, but this time it's a semifinal game, not a final. I would say Homedale is due, right? Yeah. <laughs> Homedale's undefeated, 10 0. Uh, they played South Fremont last week, let them get a, a, to a 10 0 lead, but then came back and won it handily. But uh, yeah, they got Hayden Kinchlaw at running back. They got some good people, but. We'll be out there, and we'll be doing that one on Saturday. So you're right. By the time Sunday rolls around, you're going to be seeing one tired sportscaster right here. That's right. Well, we're we're excited. We're going to tune into everything that you're doing. You know, we got to get you a helicopter at some point so you can jet set to all these places. We'll see if we can get that in the budget for next year. Yeah, I'm sure that Paul will approve that in a heartbeat. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Well, Wayne, uh, we're, we're excited to uh, get down to the semifinals. Uh, you're going to have a lot of fun at your games uh, Friday and Saturday. And next week, we will have some championship previews to uh, to go over. And, and hopefully, uh, there's at least one and maybe even two. Maybe it's another SIC showdown between Meridian and Eagle. Who knows? Well, we'll see what happens. But wh whatever it is, I'm sure we can uh, jabber the whole time because we, we seem to do a good job at that. Do we want to do some... Uh... Gold stickers. Yeah, let's do let's do the gold stars. Do you have somebody? Because I um I have a guy in mind, but it's not one of my five ASIC guys. That's okay. If you want to go off script, go for it. I, I, I kind of want to do because I, I, I want to tell you right now, I was really, really, really impressed with Ian Hershey. Uh three field goals. I mean a 58 yarder for a state record. That doesn't happen every day. That's why it's a state record. And then a 45 yard game winner into the win. And it was a stiff win. It may have been about 15 miles an hour at the time. But I was so impressed. And when I found out that that's how they won with those three long field goals by a young kid, you don't see that in high school football very often. So my gold star goes to Ian Hershey Highland Rams for a big, big uh, night with his leg and a big win over Rocky Mountain. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. I, I guarantee you he's going to be kicking in the Pac-12 or, or the Mountain West at a minimum. Sure. Absolutely. So, so I'm looking forward to seeing him. Uh, I'm sure Eagle's not, but I'm looking forward to seeing him this Friday night in person. Well, speaking of Eagle, that's where my gold star is going to go. You know, I told the, the folks in Coeur d'Alene, you got to watch out for this guy. Uh, don't worry. We've got it covered. Ian Duarte, whatever. No problem. <laughs>
apparently it was a big problem. Eight catches for 168 yards and a touchdown and basically the game winning 72 yard dagger score in the fourth quarter. So Ian Duarte from Eagle is going to be my uh, gold star winner to to watch him match up with Highlands lockdown corner, Adam Jones. I think that's going to be a fantastic match to watch on Friday. You know what I just discovered? I just thought about this. That light went off in my head. I've got two gold star winners playing on Friday night on the same field. Ian Duarte. And, and Mr. Hershey, and they're both named Ian. Oh, yeah, look at that. <laughs> wow. There can only be one. Small things amuse me, Brandon. You'll figure that out. So I apologize for losing it. <laughs> well, a couple of big games on the schedule for Wayne this week. Uh, we're excited to tune in, and uh, we'll come back next week and recap everything that happened on another edition of the SIC PrepCast brought to you by D.L. Evans Bank. This is community banking. For Wayne DeZubak, I'm Brandon Bainey. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.